Hello, everybody. I'm Sam. I'm Caitlin. And you're listening to... My Writer Sciences. I almost said it's Sam, not I'm Sam. <laughs> That's why you stuttered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We uh we got an interesting case for you. It's my case. I'm yeah. Taking over. <clears throat> so we got an interesting case for you. It is the case of Lynn Harper, who is Canadian. Canadian case. Canadian case. Very interesting. All right. Very... I don't know anything. She didn't even tell me the name of this case. Oh no, God no. I w- <laughs> I'm going in completely blind. She's blind, blind. I'm wearing my glasses for this. So I'm I'm that, I'm that blind. <laughs> I'm blind, blind. All right. Any juicy bits to talk about before we get into it? I don't think so. Uh, I don't have any news. Um, nothing interesting. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, I've got nothing. No, I got nothing going on in my life. So. So, uh, unless you guys have a fun story that you would like us to share, I am absolutely here for that. Yeah, I would love it. Yeah, I'd love to give us a little story at like the beginning or the end of each episode, maybe the end for people who don't like us talking (laughs) yeah i mean the most interesting thing that's happened to me is i got drunk this weekend and my earring um i lost it same (laughs) and then i found it it was in the bed but i couldn't find it for like 30 minutes i stole and have a missing earring yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Anyways, anyways, uh, I think we should just jump right into today's case if we have no chitter chatter to get into. All right. So, Lynn Harper was born in August. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, yeah. Lynn Harper was born August 31st, 1946 in New Brunswick. New Brunswick? New Brunswick. Also, for those who don't know... That's our province. Sorry for the traffic in the background. Baton Brunswick. Literally, as we're talking about a Nouveau Brunswick. Yeah. Um, Funny. Yeah, we're from New Brunswick, so this case, I don't know if it takes place here, but she's from here, so... She's from here. I was actually friends with someone when I was younger. Her last name was Harper. Hmm. Yeah. Well, my mom, one of her prison trips, <laughs> um, shared a shell, a cell <coughs> with uh, Marissa Shepard, so... Really? Yeah. Anybody Damn. who doesn't know... Uh, who that is? You can, you can look her up. We might do um, a little case on um, the murder of Bailey Wiley. Yeah, cause that was sad. Yeah, incredibly sad. Um, that's a local case to us. So yeah, that's a little fun fact. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our city ain't as um. No, it's nice interesting. And, yeah. It sucks here. Yeah. It ain't no Los Angeles where murders probably happen every day. But you know what? You know we're getting pretty close. We're getting pretty close. We've There's got missing of... people every day, and we're in this small ass little province. So. Yeah. And we're not allowed to get news on Facebook or like media no, outlets or like anything the, anymore. Yeah. And it's because. But, do you know why? No. It's because the news wanted to charge is it wants to charge which i agree i agree with this they want to charge anybody who's using um their sources uh, using their articles and stuff because they're not making any money from facebook sharing it you know like i respect that and it's yeah. not like anyone really watches the news anymore yeah. so they could they could get they could it, take all the money exactly they get. nobody does watch the news that's why like i do agree like they should be paying the uh, outlet something for you know Absolutely. sharing their stories, but Facebook refused. 
and it, it was a, it's a law now like that that I'm pretty sure it was a bill that passed where they have to um, pay their share. Facebook refused, so they just took all news off. Okay, Zuckerberg. Yeah. So fuck you. I don't like that because yeah. No, that's ridiculous. I got a lot of my stories from there. That's where we get our news. Literally, because like, I don't have I don't have a I TV don't box. have cable like that. I don't have cable. I would watch the news, too, like, if I had cable, because I'm interested. I actually might. I think Roku comes with a news, like, channel. Oh. We're taking a uh, little CBC News. So there is. So if you guys have a Roku TV and you don't have cable like us, uh, and you go to the Roku channel, uh, Roku, sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I've had your TVs for, like, six years. I, I love own them. two of them. Never had any problems. Yeah. I um, love you guys. So, yeah, they, they uh, stream CBC and probably other news uh, outlets. But I'm pretty sure they do. We're looking at CBC right now, so. They, you know, um, <laughs> we said we were going to just get right into the case. And it's, <laughs> Ooh. And, yep, it's been seven minutes of us talking about um, news and soccer. <laughs> And now Caitlin is uh, very interested in the soccer game that she just put on. Yes! So. <laughs> oh, spicy! Okay. <laughs> okay, anyways. Anyway. Born in New Brunswick. We, we are from New Brunswick. Moral of the story. Moral, yeah. Moral of the story. That's an eight. That's a six minute story. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, she was born in New Brunswick. Her family consisted of Leslie, who was her father, Shirley, mother, Barry, older brother, and a younger brother, Jeffrey. Not gonna lie, the family is not mentioned too much, and okay. I couldn't really find much on them. Um, but Leslie, the father, was in the military and in the Royal Canadian Air Force. Due to this, they did move around quite a bit when she was younger. So in 1959... When she would have been 13. They lived on base in Clinton, Ontario. Okay. So that's a small town near London, Ontario. Okay. Yeah. It was reported that she made a lot of friends, which it, is very good. It must have been, sorry to interrupt. No, it's good. It must have been hard to live on a base. Oh, I can imagine. Like, yeah, like, I know somebody who, uh, she's married to somebody who's in the military. If you listen to us, shout out. Love you. You're great. Um... And she lives on on base, and I know that it's not ideal. It wouldn't be. Ideal. I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's all right, but I feel like it would be living in one of those neighborhoods that have like those gatherings of the people where they're like, you can't put your gun on. We literally talked about that two episodes. <laughs> yeah, we probably. But I feel like that's what it'd be like because you're surrounded by a whole bunch of people that you may or may not like. Yeah, you're just kind of stuck there. Yeah, so I can imagine being a, like a young, you know, young, a small girl like living on a military base would right. be especially like 13, 14 where you want to go out, you want to start making friends, find yeah. yourself and you're kind of confined to a base. Yeah, well, I mean if she did make a lot of friends then that is good too, so. Yeah. So anyways, so that she made a lot of friends being an energetic and outgoing kid. Some people said that she was a live wire Never, I swear to God, I never understood what that means. Like, people um, will call kids live wires and stuff. Maybe, like, like a, a, a live wire, like, if you step on it, you get electrocuted. So maybe, like, she um, had a short temper. Maybe? I don't know. I, I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to dissect. Um, what does live wire mean? A live wire is... Well, like, I know what it means means, but, yeah. like, in a person. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I feel like it's short temper because... Like, right? if, you, if you touch it, you set it off. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. 
weird. Tell us if you know. Tell us. Because I'm not looking it up. I don't care that much. No, I was never called a lamb. Me neither. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. <clears throat> Maybe. Hopefully. Anyway. <laughs> on June 9th, 1959, Lynn was sitting on the handlebars of a classmate, Stephen Truscott's bicycle. Truscott, I think. Truscott? I think so. I think. Every single time I typed his name, I was debating it. And I was like, whatever comes out of my mouth first, that's what I'm going to call him. <laughs> I think it's Truscott. Stephen, pretty sure you're still alive. <laughs> you are. Very sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. We're trying. I'm trying, but if it makes you feel better, I'm probably going to butcher a lot of the names in here, so you're not the only one, buddy. <laughs> Alright, so she was sitting on his handlebars? Yes. Going for a ride. That's so dangerous. I used to do that. I thought it was fun. It's dangerous. Oh, yeah. No. Lived on the edge. Live wire style. <laughs> <laughs> what is she's doing? Like, uh, what do you even call that? Hang loose. The hang loose. <laughs> yeah. I never do that. They just felt appropriate. <laughs> like seasonally appropriate. <laughs> Are you a surfer now? I'm terrified of the fucking water, man. No way. <laughs> God. Bodies of water? And no fucking thank you. No bueno. No bueno indeed. Alright. They were going for a ride around the county road, which was northeast of the base. I'm so glad you read that right, because I thought that, thought that said country road, and I was going to start singing. I did too! <laughs> I was like, no, no, there's no R there. You can't do this. <laughs> Someone, yeah. Someone reported them being seen heading that way towards Provincial Highway 8. Um, sometime later in the night, Stephen was seen riding back alone on the same highway, so Lynn was no longer on the handlebars. Okay. So, he reported to have dropped Lynn off at Highway 8 before leaving to go back to base, and he said that he's seen her getting into an unknown car. There is no specific timing of when this happened that I could find, but that might be a lie because I think it's somewhere in the bottom and that's just okay. what I found at first. Um, can I put my two cents in my theory my immediate thought my immediate theory without having any information tell me if i'm way off or not don't 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 tell me you know yes ma'am i feel like he crashed or something and killed her nope. no <clears throat> nope. no and hit her body Mm-mm. okay no i will say nothing no. Let's i will go. say nothing so after steven had come back on his own um, Lynn's father had noticed that she never returned home and reported her missing around 11 p.m. the same night. Right, because they live on base, so, like, <clears throat> they, yeah. like, um, Leslie knew that she left with Stephen, so, noticing that, you know. He came back alone after going for a bike ride together. He was, yeah, like, and I'm sure, like, I'm, I'm not sure how, um military bases that, like, you live on are played out, but I assume it's <clears throat> kind of like a cul-de-sac. I would assume so. So I feel like you see everyone who comes and goes, you know? Yeah, I feel like it'd be, like, the kind of thing that... Like, I'm, I'm completely just assuming, by the way. I don't... I know you haven't watched Oppenheimer, but they have, like, a base I that they to. live on. It's such a good movie. I feel like it would be something like that. So if y'all have watched Oppenheimer... If you haven't, watch it. If you have, that's what I pictured my whole time. The whole time All I right. was doing this. All right. Yeah. After reporting her missing, the Ontario Provincial Police Force had a team of 250 military officers and civilians searching for her. Yeah, because, like, you know, she's the daughter of a... I don't know, is he a veteran? Uh, he was... Or just... Just, just a military person. So, 
he was a supply officer. Yes. Okay, if you think of that <laughs> out. So since he was in the military. Oh, yeah. Like, um, he was still there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so they they obviously wanted to help him out, all of the oh. other officers. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And then just two days later, on June 11th, they had discovered her body in a nearby farm woodlot. Okay. Forgot to look up what a woodlot is. I have no idea. All right. I assume it's a lot of woods. Was that a joke? Was that a pun on woodlot? No. <laughs> no, that was a serious. Okay. Because, like, remember Chalkpit? <gasps> yes, Cockpit. <laughs> no. Chalkpit. Cockpit. <laughs> We're looking up woodlot. It, oh, yeah, no. It's literally just logs. It's literally just a lot of woods. Just oh. literally, like, literally. I was right. Yeah. The woodlot was Lawson's Bush, which was owned by 23-year-old Bob Lawson. All right. Yeah. Bob, you do. You you were a you whole entrepreneur. Right? 23? Owning a business? Go, Bob. Unfortunately, I don't think that business did too well after they found a body in there. Or it did splendid. Or it did great. There's yeah. literally no in between. You yeah. did fantastic. Or it failed. Yeah. Unfortunately, because yeah. not his... Not his fault, obviously. Assumingly. Assuming it's not okay. You'll find out. <laughs> Unless this is their dude. <laughs> we'll find out. Okay. We'll we'll get we'll get into it. So she, Lynn Harper, was found partially nude, strangled by her own blouse, Aww. and sadly raped as well. Aww. I know. That's sad. I read that and it broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So after finding her, they obviously had to conduct some interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a uh-huh. Serious. A little bit. <laughs> Just a teeny bit. Just a teeny, teeny, teeny bit. <laughs> <laughs> so Stephen being the last person who's seen her alive, they obviously, you know, interviewed him. And after a brief investigation... And how old Okay. She's still 13? Yeah. She would have been 13. Uh, Stephen was 14. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible for a child to do it, but I don't think he did it, you we'll, know? We'll find out. Yeah. My two cents. We're getting there. I don't think he did it. So... They determined that Stephen enjoyed spending time on the farm, either to help with chores, play around with other children his age, including Lynn. Which is understandable. Right. You live on a base, you're bored all the time, I assume. Like... You gotta do something. Yeah. Yeah. So Bob Lawson, the owner of the farm, went to the guardhouse on the base to report seeing a car on his fence line the night Lynn had disappeared. It was reported to be a convertible, possibly a 1952 Ford. Which, like, which, sorry to interrupt you, but which also points not to Stephen because he can't drive. So. Right? Yeah. He's 14. Yeah. On a military base. Yeah, where is he getting a car? Like. Who's gonna let him go in a car? And and also, like, where is he getting a convertible? First, like, no. No 14 year old wants a convertible Ford. No, no, no. Anyway, so Bob and his neighbor, Ross Critch, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. I, I think I think you are saying it right. I mean, I don't know how else you should say that. Sritch? Oh. Yeah. It's C-R-I-C-H. You know, Sritch actually. Right. Sounds very impossible. They do. They both do. It's either Critch or Sritch. We'll call him Ross. Yeah, Ross. Yeah, so Bob and Ross. Bob Ross. <laughs> Reported seeing a man in the driver's seat 
as well as a shorter girl in the middle seat. Okay. But they didn't recognize either of them, because obviously it was dark outside. Mm-hmm. You can't really see much. No, you're not going to see nothing. So despite the fact they had a possibly good lead, the officer on duty was uninterested in the lead and never did a follow-up. Bob had been told they already had a suspect that had been arrested and charged. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So Stephen was very quickly arrested and charged two days after the incident by lead investigator of the Ontario Provincial Police, Inspector Harold Graham. So I've already said I don't think it's Stephen. Unless I'm in, unless I'm given some good evidence, I'm going to say I'm sticking to it. So Harold was firm about the fact that he had the right suspect after such an incomplete and short investigation. Yeah. Two days. Seriously, Harold. Yeah. Like. Two days. Two days is not Like, did they even interview him? Or did they just Briefly. say, yeah, it was you? Yeah. When they learned that he liked to spend time at the farm, that's it. That's when they did the investigation. Yeah, oh my god, or, you are yeah. in a small town hanging out at a farm probably close by the military base. Yeah, it was really close. So, like, what, is he gonna, if he likes to hang out at farms and, like, just likes to help out, is he gonna go to a farm ten miles away? Right. Like, no. If he was going to be the one... If, okay, I, if I'm putting myself in his shoes, I, I murdered somebody, whatever, and I already hung out at a farm... At a, at a specific farm, I wouldn't dump a body in the same place I go. No, because that's just stupid, right? Yeah. And I feel like, also, like, he doesn't drive. She was seen in a car. Supposedly, maybe. Yeah, possibly. So, Harold's investigation, gonna say this right now, not surprisingly, neglected to it, neglected, <laughs> neglected yep. to explain how Stephen could have committed the murder as well as the rape, yeah. Stephen was not rattled, which is common when someone commits a crime such as that, especially their first time, especially at 14. Like, you gotta yeah. think, this kid was 14 years old. Yeah. Like, his clothes were in order, he was not out of breath, wasn't covered in scratches, anything of a sort that would actually point fingers directly towards him being the one committing the crime. Yeah, like, there there would have had to have been defense wounds or something, you'd think. Also, I know this was in the 50s, um, but, like, DNA under the fingernails, um, right? just, like, semen, even. Yeah. Like, they could have like, gathered that stuff and kept it for testing in the future. Easily. Oh, yeah, because I'm sure there was DNA. They did a terrible job with this investigation. Yeah. You'll, we'll learn. We'll learn about how just god fucking awful they did. She deserved more justice than what she got. Mm-hmm. Well, this isn't justice. He didn't do it. None of this is justice. Not a single thing is. Yeah. Harold fucked up. Harold is, yeah. Harold is a fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the night of the murder was a warm one. Stephen committing such a crime would definitely be sweating if he were to attack, rape, murder, yeah. and drag someone into Lawson's bush. Because she was literally just found by, like, trees. She yeah. She was found by a tree line. There is a picture of where she was found. And can I ask, was there blood and stuff around where she was found? Was she murdered where she was found? I couldn't find anything that said yes or no. Okay. They said the scene of the crime was very clean. So, so I'm going no, to possibly not. not. But, but they saw her in the car, car at the farm. 
right? So she could have easily been murdered in the car, uh-huh. bled out, and then just yeah. dumped. Yeah. And how was she murdered? Oh, she was strangled. Yeah, she was strangled with her gloves. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, that is so sad. I know. That's what I mean. She deserves more justice than what she got. Yeah. Harold, you're dead. You died two days before my birthday. November Fuck you. 3rd, 2001. Glad you're dead. You fucking suck, man. Anyway, if Lynn had fought back, there'd be visible signs on him or his clothing after being seen coming back. Yeah, and, like, uh, her dad saw him coming back alone, so... So did other people. He would have been dirty, or at least something. He would have been dirty, bloody, sweaty... Or at least nervous. Right, like... He was calm. Yeah. He was perfectly calm. Well, because he didn't know, he didn't think anything yeah. happened to her. Right? He's just like, I'm just dropping her off here. He was perfectly calm. It was just another night. Yeah, I do find it weird, though, that if they live in the same place, why didn't he just take her with him? Well, he was dropping her off near the Highway 8. I don't know if she asked to be dropped off there, but Mm. they were riding around. But, yeah, they were going for a bike ride together, and then he just came back alone. Yeah, but still, like, the dad saw him, Leslie saw him, and so... There would have been something that showed that he was acting off or looked like a struggle or something had happened. Um, so no witness or police who interacted with Stephen after Lynn was reported missing noted anything incorrect with him or his clothing. Like I said, he was reported to be very calm about the whole situation. Which I guess is a little weird because, like, your friend just was brutally murdered. Right, but they didn't know at the time because they only found her two days later. This is right after oh, she was reported oh, missing. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Like, he's probably like, oh, she just got in this car with this guy. They're probably just, you know, going for a ride and she'll be back. Mm-hmm. He didn't know that she was dead. Yeah. Or what happened. Yeah. If this happened after she died, that would be more questionable. Yeah. If like, he was okay, all Stephen. calm, had no emotion, then that would have been a little bit. Uh, yeah. A little bit more like, mm, But you no know. clue what happened to her. You're not gonna have a reaction no. When nothing happened that you know of. When you think it's just an innocent thing that happened, you're not going to be like, oh my god, I have to panic. It's more like a, like she'll a, be like, back. I'm just, yeah, like this is just a scare. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, they probably, if you don't come home when you say that you're going to be home, especially on a military base, they're probably going to report you missing yeah. fast. Yeah. I would imagine. I can only assume. Right. Because. Strict parents. Strict parents, military base, you never know what can happen. Yeah. So, Stephen had been just as quickly convicted on September 30th, 1959. Three months later, uh, in a 15-day trial... Jesus. With what would be basically That's a long just, trial. <laughs> basically just circumstantial evidence against him. Yeah. He was sentenced to death by hanging. Um, being the wow. youngest person in Canadian history How? to receive a death sentence. How can a juvenile receive a death sentence? Murder. I didn't think that was legal. Maybe it was in the 50s. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Obviously it was. Wow. Mm-hmm. Either way, what they did to him was fucked up. Yeah. He was 14 and he was sentenced to death by hanging. With... No evidence. No. What was the motive? That didn't have one. It, like they didn't have anything. Any physical evidence. No. It was all circumstantial. He was the last person to see her alive. Oh, he did it. Yeah. No. That's right. So, upon examining Lynn's daughter, Doctor John Penistan. Okay. Probably butchered. Very sorry. Penis. Penis. Peniston. I think right it's Peniston. Doctor John Penistan. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's Peniston. <laughs> Dr. John Peniston concluded her time of death to the time period she had last been seen with Stephen. That was concluded by examining undigested food. Theoretically, she could have been murdered five minutes after she left Stephen. Oh, absolutely. She could have been murdered two minutes after. Yeah, so that that's not evidence. Right? Yeah. So, he later retracted his statement mm-hmm. when testifying at a Supreme Court in 1966. Jesus, so like ten years later? Uh-huh. His reassessment. Well, no, like six years later? Seven years later. Yeah. But still. But his reassessment concluded her time of death could have very well have been 12 hours after her final meal. Really? Yeah. So he basically fucked Stephen because... Do you think Harper... No, that's not his name. The... The dad? No, the officer. Uh, Harold. Harold. Do you think Harold, um, like, bribed him? I doubt it. I think Harold and this guy are just shitty at the jobs. <laughs> just bad I at I can't lie. They They're just bad. Still hear them. Yep. Okay. So Stephen's case shocked the government. He was thankfully, which I think is better than being hung, reduced to life in prison in February in 1960. I do think that is because then he has a chance to advocate for himself to get out for the rest of his life. He's not on a time limit anymore. Right. He's not going to be hung. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, if you're innocent and on death row, then you really have to run to advocate and, like, be like, I am innocent. And that's if someone will believe you. Yeah. Yeah. But if, like, and it's no better if you're, you know, it still sucks if you're innocent in life in prison. But at least then you have a little bit of leisure, I feel like. You're not so much like, oh my god, if I don't prove my innocence, I'm literally gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. Which is highly possible and probably would have happened if he was not reduced to just life in prison. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So during his time in prison, Stever never wavered that he wasn't. Probably. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what you said. Probably. During his time in prison, Stephen never wavered that he was innocent. Sadly, that fell onto deaf ears, of course, and appeals were denied. Yeah. He was paroled <gasps> in 1969. So, so he was found innocent, sort of. No. He was just let out. Okay. He would live with his family and his parole officer. So huh. he had some freedom, which was nice. That's weird. Yeah. I've never heard of a I, parole officer living with... I was with... thinking that, too. Huh. But it was the 60s. I guess things were weird back then. Oh, oh Hi, baby boy. Do you want to purr into the mic? You're such a good boy. Cat ASMR. <laughs> My baby. Moving on. Moving on. He later moved to Guelph, Ontario, where he would go under the name of Stephen Bowers, or Bowers, sorry, Stephen, where he lived anonymously and worked as a millwright, a trade he learned during his time in prison. Aw, what is that? I don't know. (laughs) Let's find out. But good for you, Stephen. Yeah, let's find out. Yeah. Installing and maintaining machinery, which is used in multiple industries. Huh. Carrying out heavy construction works with the ability to perform physical labor, such as carrying heavy items and operating hand and power tools is essential. I did not breathe for any of that. No. The source, no. Uh, payscale.com. Yes. So. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Payscale. Sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, honestly, sponsor us, anyone. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Anyway. <laughs> In the year 1970, he met his wife, Marlene. I love that name. I know, it's so cute. That is a really cute name. Right? 
they had ch- three children together, and they are still married. Oh, I know. That makes me so happy. How uh, many years did he spend in prison? Ten? Uh, let's go see. Paroled in 1969. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, ten, ten years. Yeah. Damn. Right? It's a long time for doing nothing. A long time for something that you did not do. Yeah. Yeah. So, 30 years later, in 2000, on the dot, Stephen did a interview on the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation's CBC. That's what CBC stands for. Right? I thought I was the only one that was going to be shocked. I was like, how stupid am I that I never knew what CBC stood for? Never even questioned it. I thought it... Uh, I thought it was just CBC. Me too. I didn't think they had anything more. Me too. It was just CBC. Well. That's what they've been my whole life. Yeah. No one calls them Canadian Broadcasting Corporations. Yeah. Yeah. They did an interview on the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. We're going to call them CBC. For everyone that is not Canadian, I do apologize. They are CBC to us and they will always be CBC to us. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, their investigative news program, The Fifth State, which revived interest in the case. And then in November 2001, an appeal was filed by the Association in Defense of the Wrongfully Accused. Good. Yes. In the following January 2002, Fred Kaufman was appointed by the federal government to review the case. Good. An appeal of Stevens' case was finally heard by the Court of Appeal for Ontario, which began June 19, 2006, which would be 50-something, 40-something years after. Like, he's 60-something at that point. Yeah, I have goosebumps. 70. He's almost 80. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, it was a five-judge panel headed by Ontario Chief of Justice Roy McMurtry. Yep. Yeah. McMurtry. Yep. McMurtry. Sorry if I butchered your name, buddy. On August 28, 2007, Stephen was freed, in a sense, from the charges. He was formally acquitted yes. from the charges, but they did not declare him innocent, so he's still le- legally a suspect in the case. God. He was really Also, mobile. like, how does that work if you're freed from, if you're, the charges are acquitted, but you're still deemed guilty? He's still a suspect, but they don't think that he's actually guilty of okay. the murder. But because they have no evidence, he will probably forever be a suspect. Yeah, because they have nothing pointing to anyone else. Because they didn't look at anybody else. Kind of. Okay. Yeah, we're getting in there. So, if Stephen is innocent, who's the real suspect? Yeah. See what I tell you, we're getting there. Because someone did it. Someone did it. In 1997, a retired police detective from London, Ontario, was looking into someone who had been convicted, who had been a convicted pedophile and was stationed at the Royal Canadian Canadian Air Force Station in Clinton at the same time of Lynn's death. Is that the station that the base is located on? Okay. Yeah. I don't remember if I mentioned that. Uh, Well, you mentioned it was a Royal Canadian Air Force base, so two and two together. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, None of these suspects, other than Stephen, of course, were taken seriously by the Ontario Provincial Police. Yeah, because they were just so convinced it was him. Or the Royal Canadian Air Force Police, even years later, when the doubt arised of Stephen's guilt. Yeah. They did have a few other suspects in potential question, one being Larry Talbot. Larry Talbot, which is not his real name, he was known to drive a grey 1957 Chevy Bel Air similar okay. to the car Lynn had been spotted Ooh. in. Mm-hmm. But he was a traveling salesman and he was known to frequent the Clinton area during the years of 1951 
to 1959. Okay. Therefore, he would have been familiar in the area. Yeah. An investigator attempted to have him declared as a suspect in Lynn's murder, even after he retired in 1994. So he, he was pretty sure that he had something to do with it. it. This, yeah. This investigator, yeah. But Larry was suspected in seven other unsolved homicides of young women in southern Ontario. Jesus. That were eerily similar from the types of locations where the bodies were found, neatness he of did the it. crime scene, where they had been he found. He <laughs> There had been areas where Larry was known to live or frequently visit. He did it. He died on September 3rd, 2008, taking every single one of his secrets He to did the it. Grave. It was him. He never confessed. It was him. We don't know. We'll it was this know. motherfucker. We'll never know. Another suspect had been Alexander Kalachek. That doesn't matter. If he, if he did it, we don't care how your name is spelled. If he didn't do it, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Alexander. I want to pronounce your name right. <laughs> I do too. I mean, even if you're not, I just I want to know how to pronounce your name, so sorry, yeah. buddy. He was born on November 3rd, 1923. Why is everybody born on November 3rd? I know. He worked in the area at the time of the murder. He had a drinking problem, also had previous convictions for sexual offenses, sometimes involving younger girls. Okay, so this was the suspect that the investigator was looking at. Yeah. Then on July 2nd, which would have been in 1959, Mm -hmm. three weeks after Lynn's murder, Larry, the first guy, September death guy, sorry Larry, um, Larry was hospitalized due to overwhelming anxiety, depression, tension, and guilt, which was reported by the Royal Canadian Air Force. Larry did it. Yeah. Larry did it. Larry's a suspect. He did it. The Ontario Provincial Police never confirmed if Larry was investigated regarding the murder of Lynn. Okay, so we don't even really know if he was investigated or questioned about it. Okay. He was He was questioned about seven other homicides. Yes, they suspected him to be the So he was murderer. a suspect. He yeah. was a suspect in this murder. Okay, and, okay. They just never confirmed if he was investigated, which is probably a no. So to this day, the murder of Lynn Harper is still legally a opened case. It is a very old, cold case and will unfortunately likely never be solved. Yeah, because, like, everyone's dead. Everyone is dead. Big time dead. Except Even Stephen. Alexander. Except Stephen. We love Stephen. You go, Stephen. I hope you're living, if you are listening to this, I really do genuinely hope that you are living a damn good life. Yeah. And you are absolutely wrongfully convicted. Yeah, I hope you're living your best life now. You, your wife, did not deserve to live three uh, ten years in prison. No, that is terrible. Yeah, feel bad for you, Stephen. Yeah, you're a good guy. But most, if not all, evidence is gone because you know everyone's dead. This happened like what sixty? Yeah, sixty-nine, almost eighty years ago. Yeah, so something years ago. (laughs) I'm not. I don't do math. No. No. At this point, really only a confession would solve her case, but no one has spoken up in 64 years. I wrote it down. I looked it up. I looked up oh, the time. Oh, 64 <laughs> years. Wow, okay. So, yeah, no one has spoken up in 64 years. No confession letters, nothing of the sort. Not a damn thing. But, yeah. on the bright side, Harold died on November 3rd, 2001. That's our friend's birthday. <laughs> Two days before mine. Yep. Also, fuck you, Harold. Yeah, I was just gonna say, fuck you, Harold. And fuck you, Larry, because you did it. Fuck you, Larry. Fuck you, Harold. Fuck you, Alexander. Fuck you, police, for not looking into this harder. Yep. And And letting Harold convict a 14-year-old with circumstantial evidence. That is just 
god awful. You guys are disgusting for that. No, that was, that's horrible because he had no motive. There was no evidence. The only evidence was that he hung out with her that day. It was all circumstantial. They yeah. had no physical evidence. No, yeah. It's, that's, this is one of the most infuriating cases I've ever heard. And especially, this is definitely the most infuriating Canadian case I've heard. Yes. This yeah. one pissed me off like no other. Yeah. I have watched and read hundreds of cold cases. And this one was just, fuck you, Ontario. Yeah, honestly, fuck you, Ontario. I don't like you anyways. The police are probably better now, but hopefully. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyways, uh, that's our case for today. Yes. Mm-hmm. If I doubt any of you do, but if any of you have any evidence, please speak up. Yeah, this anything. is a good 60 what years, 64 years yeah. later. So your grandfathers uh, confessed to the murder, I turn bet, them in. I, bet, I don't care how old I they are. I bet someone listening's grandfather definitely committed this murder. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the odds are so high. And they're like, who is this Lynn girl? Oh my god, a podcast on her. Uh, Grandpa, you're going to jail. <laughs> God. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And yes. follow us on Twitter, and on Instagram, and on Spotify, and uh, leave some feedback. Tell your friends about us. Tell your friends about us. Have a few drinks, smoke a few joints, do nothing. Yeah, listen whatever. to us. Whatever. Listen to us together. Go for a nice drive, you go know. A nice drive. If you have a boat, ride your boat while if it's still in season. Jealous God. you got a boat. Yeah. Let me go on your boat. <laughs> oh god and i uh hope you um lock your doors yeah lock your doors don't trust um harold i'm sure there's absolutely some good heralds out there but this guy harold don't trust him he's dead but don't trust him we don't like harold we don't like harold no sucks no and don't talk to strangers don't talk to strangers if your name is harold we like you i'm sorry you're not this harold yeah yeah i'm sorry you have to be associated with harold's Bad Harold's because Harold's a nice name. Harold has a nice name. I like that name. Yeah. Whenever like I, I I like need to name something, the first name that comes to my mind is Harold. Like my spiders. Yeah. I name my bathroom spiders Harold every time. Yep. Harold, Gerald, <laughs> Gerald. Named one Geralt. Geralt. Because <laughs> of the Witcher. God. Um. He was big. Like Geralt. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. Goodbye. Bye.